When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own (coughs) native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Pythagoras and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. Thank you, Emma. Um, Let's pray together, shall we? Let's take a moment just to take in God's word. And let's ask that he speaks to us today. Um, I come to you as a deaf pastor, by the way. Both ears are blocked. And um, I just thought, you know, sometimes we come and God speaks, we don't hear him. And I want to pray this morning that each of us would hear God's voice today through his word. And we would respond to what he's saying. Because we don't want to just be hearers, do we? We want to be doers of the word. So let's pray together, shall we? And in your own heart, just say to God this morning, Father, speak to me. Bless me with your word. Challenge me. And change me with your Holy Spirit. Father, we pray this morning that we might experience something of the power and the might of your Holy Spirit in this place and in our lives. Lord, we thank you for this passage where men were transformed. We pray that you would come and speak to us. Your Spirit would come upon us to change us, to become more like Christ, to fill us with power and passion. So, Father, bless us as we open your word together, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, um, we all remember last week, don't we, what Stuart spoke on? Yeah, three of you. Excellent. Uh, I'm sure you do. Just a quick reminder, we looked at Acts chapter 1, and it was released by the promise So God promised that the Holy Spirit was going to come upon the people, uh, the the disciples, uh, soon to be called apostles. And God had promised it. And we looked at how God promises us things. And it reminded me of a time in uh, my life where God promised something and God delivered. Um, And I have to go back over around about 28, 29 years ago. And I was in the bath, okay? 
I was at the Evangelist Conference, and you wonder why I was in the bath not listening to seminars. Um, I had a mate called Ian, and he always used to say, go to, the go to the Evangelist Conference. He said, one of the best things is in the afternoon you're free, and he said, do you know what, I just lay in the bath and chill. No candles, by the way, just sit in a nice hot bath and read a book. So I laid in this bath, and um, I had been through surgery, and um, I have to say, we don't talk about this much in church, but conception for our second child that we wanted was um, nigh on um, impossible for various reasons. And as I laid in the bath, God spoke to me, and he gave me a promise. And the promise is that you will have a son. Okay? Tracy wanted four children, by the way. She's not here, but well, she wanted four. But actually, I was going to be happy with two. But God promised us a son. And as I say, uh, medically speaking, very unlikely ever to happen. And yet, we conceived. And Jake was born. Um, and uh, when he was being born, it was a very quick affair. Um, we were driving to Pool Hospital, and Tracy was removing the lining from the car. Um, you women would know about this. Us men do not understand. But basically, hand was on the roof saying, get there as quick as we can, because the baby is coming. And of course, the baby did come. Actually, we, we got her into hospital. She was on the bed. And the woman said to me, it's a boy. And I was like, well, I knew that already. <laughs> I knew that one, because God had already told me. You see, God had promised something, and God then delivered well, actually, Tracy delivered, but God was in, you know, he was, he was doing the thing. And you see, when we look at the book of Acts, there is the promise in Acts chapter 1. Ah, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So God made this promise. And you have to wait till Acts chapter 2 for it to happen. And that was a period of, um, well, let's just, let's just do the, the statistics God promised the Holy Spirit through Jesus in Luke chapter 24, which was like 50 days previous, okay? And then, 10 days before the Holy Spirit came, on the day of Pentecost, God gave the promise in Acts chapter 1. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You'll be my witnesses where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the earth. So the circle was just getting bigger and bigger. So God was promising something. So the guys were around, they were praying together, they were waiting on God, and then we get to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And 10 days had passed, and then as they're praying, and I'm sure they kind of realized maybe it's going to happen on Pentecost. And it did. We've just had it read to us. The Holy Spirit came on that day, Pentecost uh, Day, and everything really kicked off. So how interested are you about Pentecost? How much do you really know, and how much do you want to know? No. Loads. Okay. Well, see me afterwards. Um, no, uh, we... Just quick, because it is a fascinating thing, the whole thing about Pentecost. So God promised something, and on the day of Pentecost, it came. And uh, Pentecost was one of three feasts that the Jewish, uh, Jewish people observed. We've got uh, Passover, we've got Pentecost, and we've got the Feast of Tabernacles. And so Pentecost was also called the, uh, it was also called the Feast of the Firstfruits. It happened 50 days after Passover, okay? So when we think about the death of Jesus, 
Happened at Passover. 50 days later, Pentecost comes. And with Pentecost comes the Holy Spirit. So as Jews, they would go three times a year to Jerusalem to celebrate these feasts. Now, actually, the most popular one was Pentecost. Don't know why. Maybe because it was just a fun event. Maybe it was, the weather was better. I don't know. But they reckon more people went to Pentecost than they did going to the Passover. But it was a day of holiday, a day of celebration, and uh, it was a day of joy, a day of first fruits. And it was the day that God chose to send the Holy Spirit. So what, did hap- what happened on that day? Well, we were all together in one room, they say. Okay, and you think, well, how many people were there? Because sometimes we think there was just 12. But actually, the, the, when we look in Acts chapter 1, it talks about 120 people. Now, that's a big room, isn't it? Okay, you wouldn't get those people in your lounge, probably, unless you've got a huge house. But 120 people together, and it's reckoned that outside the temple courts were some big rooms. And Josephus talks about these big rooms. And they were probably in a room outside of the temple courts. Hence, when the Holy Spirit comes, they go outside, and there's loads of people to talk to. So they're in the room, and uh, three... Four things happen. The first sign is there was a sound of a blowing wind. And I thought what I could do is I could have put that through the PA. Because it was just the sound. There was no blowing wind. They were, nothing was getting knocked over. But it was the fact there was a sound, like a mighty rushing wind. And we could have put that on the PA and woken you all up. You go, ooh, what's that? But that's exactly how they felt. There's this noise and something is going on. The next thing we are told, that there were tongues of fire that settled on all of them. And I'm sure you've all seen the artwork, haven't you? All these men stood around, and this little flame on top of their head looks like, you know, um, looks slightly weird. But it must have been something much more powerful than that. The image of fire is something we see again and again in the Bible. The fire of God. And three weeks ago, oh no, two weeks ago, I can't remember now. I preached, and I preached on the presence of God. And we talked about Solomon and being in the temple and the fire of God falling. Yeah, Yeah? do you remember that? Yeah, of course you do. Just say yes. Makes me feel better. But um, so the fire of God fell on the day of Pentecost, and we see that a number of times in the Old Testament. The next things, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, okay? And that's what is recorded. That was something significant to how many people there? All of them. Okay? So God doesn't have any favourites. He doesn't look around the room and say, well, I'll give some to you, and I'll give some to you. You've been a bad boy, and you're definitely not getting any. (laughs) God poured out his spirit on everybody. And then they started to speak in other tongues, other languages. Um, some people say this is a gift of tongues. Well, it was a gift of tongues because you saw all the different nationalities or hearing the, God, the hearing the praises of God in their own language, okay? Now, this is slightly different to the gift of tongues we find in 1 Corinthians 14 because that is not a known language, but these were known languages. What you also need to realise is that, and I'm going to take this because Emma's preaching next week, um, but they didn't preach in other languages. They only proclaimed the wonders of God. Okay? 
Next week, I'll spoil it for you, we hear about preaching. Amen? Yeah. I'll try to warm them up for you, Emma. So next week. But they all spoke in different languages and people understood about the glory and the power and the might of God through what they were saying. Okay? So that's it. We're done. Okay, should we have the next song? However, what we need to realise is that the Holy Spirit made a difference to these people, didn't he? Massively. Okay? So what we're going to do is we're going to look at four things. Maybe three. I don't know about the last one. Three or four things about how the Holy Spirit helps us. Because what we've got is we've got a story of something that happened. But what we need to realise, it teaches us about how God works in us through his Holy Spirit. Are you ready for that? Are you really ready? Because I've found it as I've prepared very challenging. Because you talk about the work of the Spirit. And are we seeing the work of the Spirit in us and through us and in the life of our church? Because again, and I said two weeks ago, I think it was, the fire of God, the presence of God is so important. And the Holy Spirit, without the Holy Spirit, we will do nothing of value in this world. So, the first thing, here we go, we've got four Ps. Do you know, and I was about 20, I preached on this subject, and I turned up, it's not the same sermon by the way, when I was 20, I preached at my home church, Crown in Bournemouth, and I turned up with a tin of Ps. Because I said this, this evening, we're going to learn about Ps, and they're going, What's he going on about? But all the points began with P, and it, it fits really well. I hope you'll see. The first thing is presence, okay? The presence of God. Now, if you were here two weeks ago, when I talked about the presence of God, there were a couple of things I said, and I started by saying, when we look at the Bible and talk about the presence of God, the first thing we see is God is omnipresent, okay? Okay? He is everywhere, okay? And we talked about the fact that he's in the pub just like he's in the church. He's in the gym, in the classroom, in your house, because God is everywhere. Through his spirit, he is everywhere. Yeah. The second thing I said, if you remember this, was that there is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because if you are a Christian, today, if you're a Christian, you have the Holy Spirit in you. Okay? Now that is completely mind-blowing, isn't it? Okay, let's go back to who God is. God has made how much? Everything. Yes? His spirit, it says in Genesis, hovered across the water. And yet God decides, where shall I dwell? In the Old Testament, it talks about dwelling in the temple. In the New Testament, it says, you are the temple of God. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. I think we all need to sit down and just think that through, don't we? The Holy Spirit in you. I've got a hallelujah down the front. Any advance on hallelujah? hallelujah. Praise God. Oh, we praise God at the back. That's good. It's, it is amazing. I and mean, we just kind of take it so much for granted. Because what Jesus promised, and uh, this is what Jesus promised. He said to them, he said that the Holy Spirit, 
I can't do this. I cannot speak in front of all these people. It is too terrifying. And yet here I am today in front of a few more than 30 people. Because God enables us to do stuff. Amen. That is beyond ourselves. That's why he gives us the gift. Yeah. And so when you think to yourself, I cannot possibly do this. I cannot resist temptation. I can't speak to my friends. I can't use the gifts I've been given. I can't, I can't. God says, yes, you can, because you have the Holy Spirit in you. Okay, get that? Have we got that? If you go home with nothing else, and somebody says to you, what did you learn in church today? You go, well, I won't look one thing. The Holy Spirit is in you. And it's the presence of God. is the power of God. And you just need to look at Scripture. How many people sort of said, you know, I can't, but God says, yes, you can. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can do this. Okay, let's move on. The next one is all about passion. Whoa, we all like a bit of passion, don't we? <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. Perhaps I'll lie, we'll take that line out. But actually, do you see what happened to these guys and these girls? Okay, they were in a room, they were locked away, certainly when Jesus uh, had been crucified, they were locked away. They were very, very scared because they'd seen Jesus crucified, okay? None of you have ever watched crucifixion, but it must have been absolutely awful and terrifying when somebody's looking at you and thinking, you're next. Because it was something that was so dreadful. And the Romans did it just so that the Jews knew what was coming if they stepped out of line. They'd seen Jesus crucified. Uh, Jesus then appears to them. And I am sure that something in them was rising up. And when the Holy Spirit came, all of a sudden, rather than sitting around in a nice little group like this, talking to one another, drinking tea, having scones, all of a sudden they were up and at it. They were out the door and they started to declare the praises of God in all these different languages. See, the Holy Spirit gave them a passion. Yeah. A passion for Jesus, yeah. a passion for his church, a passion to share him with other people. Now, let's look at our own lives, okay? If you think about your spiritual life, how is your passionometer? Let's go one to ten, okay? You give yourself a passionometer score. How are you? Are we, are we lowering? Are we middle? Or are we top end? You see, the Holy Spirit, and we've seen this, haven't we? We've all seen this, that the Holy Spirit, when he is active in our lives, gives us a desire for, for, for knowing more about God, desire to be involved in worship and prayer. We want to be there because there's something burning inside of us. And if we go back to the fire of God, which we find, of course, we've talked about uh, in the Old Testament, there was a fire in their belly and they could not help but tell other people. You had those moments in your life when you are so <coughs> filled and on fire with God that you just want to tell other people. And the trouble is that sometimes it gets dialed down. 
maybe through things we do, maybe things we have, we have, we're looking at and thinking about, and maybe just because we let things go cold. Now, here's a quick question for all of you. How many of you have turned on the heating? Oh, yes, some of you couldn't resist. Hands down. In our house, we are resisting. But that day will come when I get my Google thermostat and I turn up the dial. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Oh, no, they're hot. It's a bit hot. <laughs> 21, 22. Whoa, too hot, too hot. But surely that is a picture of our lives, isn't it? You know, what are we running at when it comes to our desire for God? What is the passion? Do we have a desire? How is, how is coming to church this morning? Oh, it's hard work, wasn't it? Get out the door, <laughs> get the kids here, or do I have to go? Maybe some of you felt that today. You don't have that desire. And what gives you that desire? Is it, you know, reading the book of Leviticus five times over? No, it's when we encounter God through the Holy Spirit. Come on. And if that flame catches fire, that, that pile of light bursts into life. Yeah. It is the Holy Spirit who will set you on fire. Yeah. And that means we need to engage with God. Uh, we, need to, we need to allow the fire of God maybe to burn up some of the rubbish in our life. Yeah. So, there was a presence of God. There was a power of God. And there was a passion of God and for God. Now, there is one more thing. I was going to decide whether I'm going to tell you or not. Oh, it's already been done. <laughs> Maggie, I wasn't sure about that one. <laughs> but they went out, didn't they? Yeah. You can hear next week what happened. But they went out. And they started to speak. They started to tell their story because they were going to be witnesses. Now, a witness tells the story. So they, they were out there, and it was the Holy Spirit, in a sense, who drove them out and gave them words to speak. And that's what Jesus said. He says, when you come before judges and people, the Holy Spirit will speak through you. Now, I think many of us struggle to tell other people about our faith. Many of us maybe even struggle. I used to struggle when I... When I was at work, I had a real job a long time ago. I worked for Southern Gas. And um, I know what it's like when people say to you, what did you do at the weekend? Oh, I, I, I played football on Saturday. What did you do on Sunday? Oh. <laughs> well, we had roast dinner at home. Because <laughs> all of a sudden we think, I don't really talking about where I was, the fact I was in church, because people think church is weird, don't they? Yeah, they do, really. Lots of people think church is weird. Um, but we, we kind of almost want to cover up what we believe. And it's the Holy Spirit who enables us come on. to come out with something that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, the Holy Spirit is the one who gives us the boldness. Because <coughs> actually, people are wanting I believe, to know about God. Yeah. You don't have to look at how many people are coming out of God. Yeah. Crazy, isn't it? 
had a phone call this week. Oh, can we have another two people coming, please? And I think there is a desire out there. But the trouble is the church is silent sometimes on these things. And we need to open our mouths. Do you know, we, we look at the book of Acts and we think, isn't it amazing that all these people got saved? And what we think is it's two, it's two apostles doing all the preaching and therefore lots of people got saved. I think it was slightly different than that. I was thinking, I think it was people who were kind of got saved and then started to tell their friends. You know, I went to a meeting the other day, this guy Peter stood up and he started speaking, I believed everything he said and now I'm a Christian, would you like to come and hear him as well? And it was people gossiped the gospel, that's why the church grew. It wasn't just the power of preaching of one man yeah. or two men. Yeah. It was because people shared. And it says in Romans, how are they going to hear unless somebody tells them? Yeah. They on. are not going to hear. Because it's not going to be on the BBC News. The church has got a glorious truth to share. Sometimes the church treats it as a glorious secret. Mm. And it's God's people speak and talk about our love for God and what God's done in our lives. And it comes when we allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. So, that's my four P's. I just want to finish with uh, the text that Manfred put up. It says, don't get drunk on wine. That's good advice. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you know what? I reckon, I think, if I had an open mic and said to people, come up and talk about the time you were filled with the Holy Spirit, I think probably all of us could come up here and say something. We could all say, well, when I was um, 16, this happened to me, and I, it just reminds me of when I went, we went on a conference, me and Pete Vallance and a couple of others, we had a great time at this conference, Gold Hill Baptist, lovely, great food, wasn't it Pete? So great teaching. And then on one of the evenings, it all changed for me, because I ended up in floods of tears. I'm not a crier, ask my wife, okay, don't cry very often, but I was a broken man, and um, I have to say, Talked about past stuff. I just fell apart. Man, did I fall apart. I think the other leaders were slightly worried that Will is in buckets of tears. I received some prayer because I think that's really important. And maybe today that's what we could be doing a bit later on. I received some prayer. This person prayed for me. And then it was like the switch had been turned. Instead of buckets of tears, I just fell so joyful, so healed, so restored by the Holy Spirit. And at that moment, I can tell you, I was filled with the Holy Spirit. <coughs> and I went from being in buckets of tears, being the funniest, happiest person in the world. People, if they saw me walking over from the conference, they thought, they would have thought, I had about 17 gins, I tell you. <laughs> I was so happy. Just ask that. Got back to the house, and we were staying with these very nice people, because Gold Hill Baptist is a very posh church, okay? If you're watching online, Gold Hill, you're a great church, but you're very posh. 
And uh, they're some very nice people. They had a couple who had no children, okay? We were staying in this couple. They had no children. So they decided the good idea was to have white settees and white carpets. It's what you can have if you've got no kids, right? Yeah? Because no mess. <laughs> Except for when I turn up, they say, would you like a coffee? I've got a coffee in my hand! <laughs> I was so happy. Peter's going, put it down, put it down. <laughs> he was worried that the room was going to be spraying coffee. But I tell you, the Holy Spirit, transforms our lives. He gives us. He, he, he is the presence of God in us. He brings the power of God into our lives. He gives us a passion for Jesus. And he helps us to proclaim. Not just through words, but sometimes through, through healing touch. God helps us. He transforms us when we allow him to fill us so my question to you this morning is, do you want to be filled with Jesus? Do you want to know his love and his power in you? Because what I said earlier was this, that God has no favorites. When we come to him, when we open our hearts and lay our lives before him, he will fill us with his spirit. We just need to be open and willing and want that. And that's what I feel this morning, that actually God wants to fill our lives afresh. So that we might have our own Pentecost day. We might have that moment in life where we say, I know God filled me with joy. So I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to pray over you. We're going to have some worship. And we're just going to allow the Spirit of God to do what He wants to. Um, it may be this morning, you feel God has given you a word or picture. Perhaps you want to share uh, we'll be open for that this morning. We're going to have a few songs. We're just going to allow God's Spirit to come upon us and fill us. And I'm going to allow you at this moment just to maybe open your heart and your hands to God. And say to the Lord, Lord, all I've heard this morning is what I want in my life. I want to be a different person. I want to have the power that you promised. I want to burn with a passion for my Saviour. I want to know your presence in a, in a mighty way. And help me, Lord, to proclaim the good news of Jesus. Father God, as we, as we worship you now, as we stand before you, we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit upon us. That you would come into our lives to bless us, to change us. Spirit of God, we say come. Come and burn the dross that we have built up in our lives. Fill us with a passion for our sins. Give us the power we so desperately need.